Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to episode 97 of the On the Table Gaming Podcast. My apologies for the delay in this episode, but I'm excited to be back. And today I'm joined with Evan from the YouTube channel Wargaming Indonesia. Evan, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Hi, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always exciting to connect with someone who shares a love of, of this game. And uh, and I know it's maybe not your main faction, but I, I do appreciate your your free folk videos when you when you bust them out on your channel. Yeah, I mean, um, Lannister has always been my main faction, um, both from a flavor perspective, because I'm a huge uh, Lannister fan um, for the books. I know they're like the, the evil guys, so to speak, <laughs> but they're my favorite faction. Um, start out with them. Um, Free Folk is a recent fling that we've I've gotten recently, and they've been quite an interesting uh, faction to play. So if you guys haven't checked them out, be sure to head on over to Wargaming Indonesia's YouTube channel. You've got some great battle reports up there, and you've you've broken through that 100 subscriber mark, and I hope hope you keep going strong. I, I love the stuff you're putting out. Thanks. Um, I mean, personally, that's that's a huge milestone. I started this whole YouTube thing just because, you know, I feel like I want to contribute a bit more to the community. Yeah. And it seems that, you know, there has been some positive comments about it and been getting some views. So it's it's all been very, very, very helpful for me personally. So thanks a lot. Yeah, no, it's I really enjoy your content. I mean, that's something I feel like as uh, someone who dabbles in some video creation as well, I don't do battle reports, but I can appreciate like how much time and effort you put into that. And it like really shows. Uh, but, you know, maybe before we get into all that and a Song of Ice and Fire stuff, um, you know, have you always been a tabletop miniature gamer? Like, how did you get into gaming in like the first place? So I think my main uh, base is from uh, card games. So I've always been like a huge magic player. Okay. Um, that makes sense then when you're playing, you're playing Lannisters then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like the whole, the whole counterplot thing is just resonates with me because I'm a blue player. Oh, but... sorry. There's a little bit of judgment here now, but go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, but my basis is all that's always been card games. Um, and then at one point, uh, there was when we were playing at the at this card shop uh, on the third floor of this uh, of the store. The first floor was a shop that sells Warhammer. So mm. every single time we would go up to the third floor to play Magic, uh, we would then pass through like all these um, figures of Warhammers. You know, look dwarves, uh, elves, chaos, and you know people are just sort of playing with them, and they look they look so cool. So the whole radiation of the wargaming was sort of there. And then, you know, you ask for a, a demo game or two, and then it just sort of hits on from there. So then I started playing Warhammer Fantasy, Warhammer 40K, and then, you know, the rest is just history. Fair enough. And so how did you find your way to A Song of Ice and Fire then? So that one was quite interesting. So I think um, I started at around 2018, um, about about two years ago. And I believe we in Indonesia, the community of wargaming was in a bit of a slump at that at that moment. Um, most of the uh, tabletop gamers have not, you know, have not been playing for a while. People have just been playing to other games, playing board games, playing, you know, card games, etc. And then we saw um, one of our guys start playing this a Song of Ice and Fire. He got the Kickstarter set about Lannister for, uh, and Stark. And they were just playing it. And, you know, the first model that caught my eye was the mountain that rides. And I'm like, oh, what is this? This looks this looks absolutely cool. And then um, and then it just started from there. Um, I started playing. We looked at the game. It was really, really good. Um, it, it had a lot of appeal that Warhammer Fantasy had. It had rank and file system. It had the whole, like, unit movement things, etc. But 
there was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction when you compare it to Warhammer Fantasy, especially back in the days. But then when you look at the system, how simple it was, there was a lot of depth to the game. Alternating activation was something new in wargaming back then because mm-hmm. I used to play War Machine. I used to play 40K where we just sort of sit uh, <laughs> on our seat and just wait until what, what, you know, what the opponent is trying to do and it's back to our turn. Yeah. But now you sort of have to sit on the edge of your seat every single time you want to play something because it's alternating activations. And there's like the tactics cards too, right? So you're looking for moments to interact on the opponent's turn, turn even even further. Yeah. So there was a lot of aspects that A Song of Ice and Fire did, which was quite um, quite good, especially for wargaming at the time. It had alternating activation. It had the tactics card, and you know because I'm a I'm a magic player, it resonates to me. And then the tactics board was also something quite new. Um, the notion that these there are some guys outside of the battlefield giving buffs to your guys in the field using your politician was something gimmicky yet you know it's it's a huge part of the game so that was that was interesting and then basically we got some of the guys to start playing um we've got a small community at around 2018 but then (laughs) so the funny part is that um around around that time as well we began to start interacting with uh, with ben's channel from from youtube yeah so um we've been seeing that you know oh who's this Blitz Minis? And they've been playing uh, Song of Ice and Fire as well. And oh, they're in Singapore. And sort of like the Indonesian guys sort of having this sort of uh, rivalry to the Singapore guys going like, yeah, I'm sure we can take these guys on. <laughs> and then around 2019, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 2018, 2019, they were having a series of qualifications for the Singaporean um, Singaporean National Tournament. Well, mm-hmm. it, was, it was built as this uh, Asia Asia qualification. So they had a series of uh, store qualifications where if you win in that particular store's game, you get a spot in. And so one day, like a, like a bunch of Indonesians just went to like Gamer Soros Rex in Singapore and just sort of like, all right, we want to win this. And we did twice. <laughs> that- yeah. So that, that was basically what sort of uh, fanned the flame of the, the, the game was really because we know that we had the competition in mind when we started mm-hmm. this thing off. I mean, it started out quite casually, quite chill. And then competition was there. We see like people are trying to sort of, you know, beat the players in Singapore. And then, you know, it just, and then, you know, it became like the main wargaming in Indonesia for even up until now. You you guys always had a strong uh, representation in the community. And Ben from Blitz Mini does awesome stuff. You know, I know even early on, I mean, people were really interested in like how the meta sort of shaped up on that side of the world. It seemed like very different from what was going on in the US. I remember some of the early tournaments, I think it was, uh, um, maybe not that early, but there was a Lannister Kingsguard um, was doing rather well. And I think won some some events, you know, people were like, nobody was playing him here. And it was kind of always interesting to hear how that, how that was working out. Yeah, so early 2018, 2019 was a bit of a drought in terms of like uh, how to get information, um, how to get uh, army lists, et cetera. And I think one of the, one of the first few lists that got me interested was, I think, when they were playing in GenCon 2018. Uh, I believe Brett won that one. And he won it with basically Flateman and a bunch of... Because Flateman back then was was basically nuts. And so I think uh, the, the, the natural knee-jerk reaction to that is, of course, I started playing the list. And <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. This list is, is doing well. And, you know, I took it to Singapore. And then, uh, then we won in Singapore. That's... <laughs> amazing there we go i mean it's funny how like that's a unit that we don't talk about a lot anymore um you know there was a time when 
flayed men were were all the rage. I remember in the early days, it was like before Pyromancers even came out, everyone was like, "How do we how do we play against this?" Um, and now, you know, not quite so much. They've they've had a few uh, a few changes. Sort of betterment of the game. Yeah, um, definitely. So yeah, that was um, that was basically the early stint of uh, Song of Ice and Fire, and now 2019, 2020. Um, of course, with the recent things that happened in the world, there isn't a lot of room to to go to tournaments. Um, we've been we've been having talks that we want to do this sort of Asia circuit for a while now. It's just that um, with the way things are right now, I don't think it is possible for people to even travel, you know, even to Singapore from Indonesia, which is only like an hour flight. So I think. Um, we're just holding things off until until maybe next year and we'll see how it goes. And, you know, luckily there has been tournaments online um, in TTS. And, you know, so the competition flame is still very hot and hopefully it keeps up until um, until next year. So I've been kind of living vicariously through your videos and seeing people get to play. Yeah, I can't wait for for COVID to start or vaccine or something, but maybe that's a, that's another topic for another time, <laughs> but yeah, I don't like to talk about it, but you know, the, the world will adapt in, in one way or the other. I hope and I'm so. sure Song of Ice and Fire will adapt in one yes, way or the other. We are the, we are the patient community here. We've got a, if you're fans of the books or anything, it's, we're used to waiting and, and I'm excited for, you know, Simon's organized play stuff. They started hinting at it with some, some tournament ideas and I can't wait. If that's just the tip of the iceberg, I can't wait to see what they've got in store. So I know this year it sounded like most of that stuff was just kind of put on hold and we're kind of riding it out. So we'll see what's, what's on the horizon. Hopefully that just means everything's like piling up so that we'll get a bunch of cool stuff all at once. Yeah. I mean, we know Greyjoy is coming up next year, so that's something exciting to look forward to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And what do you think about, have you been enjoying the, uh, the new sort of like article previews they've been doing? Have you, um, have you caught yeah. those? They're, they've got like kind of a new art style. It's like the image and like the brushwork, and then they do kind of like a preview of like, here's what's coming up. Um, I think like the the bread and butter of I think a lot of uh, game companies is how they basically un uh, unravel the things that they're working on. Mm -hmm. um, I know, you know, coming from a different game, Magic is uh, Wizards of the Coast likes to do this sort of spoiler season whenever a new set comes out with all the different types of articles, all the slow reveal, etc. Um, even things like in, in fantasy flight games where you have sort of up, an upcoming uh, unit packs or for like X-Wing or Legend of Five Rings uh, for like a couple of months before. So I think it's something that um, that players are really, really looking forward to. Um, they look at it and go, I remember back when, if I'm not mistaken, some of the hero stuff was revealed. It was, it was a slow burden of a reveal, but it people, kept people on like an excitement level throughout like the, the, the weeks up until the release. I remember when Mike always posted up, you know, oh, here's the spoilers for like this particular hero. <laughs> yeah. Especially during the Baratheon hero eras. My God, people were just, when, when you have like one snippet comes out and then suddenly like we see 10 lists pop up in like the Discord servers of yeah. people trying, trying to like going like, oh, this is the build for this particular commander. Oh, this is the build for this particular attachment. That was really exciting. Um, that was that was really really exciting, and I and I feel that um, you know game game companies or uh, even communities uh, should should take that and use it as a powerful tool to be basically engage with everyone. And it seems like that's what they're really trying to do here. I know we're kind of in the in the current period. I know a lot of stuff was spoiled not too long ago, uh, but I'm excited yeah. to see that they're really trying to focus on uh, a, a new kind of strategy of, of of pushing things out. You know, with articles before things are released. You know, ideally when they're coming out, 
hopefully this is a trend that they continue on doing as well as the teasers like from the dev team in the in the facebook group etc i i just it's just unfortunate that the recent spoilers have been at that level um yeah. i'm not sure uh, again i i don't i don't want to comment on anything but um this is something that's uh that's given players a lot of excitements if you see like discord when they when they revealed mammoth when they revealed dragon suddenly slavers bay you know oh, yeah. was, was up was up you know and basically going like oh yes dragon is the savior of targaryen and then on the flip side you see dragonstone and, and doom and gloom going like yeah. all right do <laughs> all those baratheon players are like wait a second we are crispy so we'll see what they we'll see what the future holds in the store i'm excited to see them you know as the game's grown to see how uh you know see what's kind of adapting and especially with this year it's been kind of weird so hopefully, you know, we've got all this cool stuff coming out. We've got a whole new faction coming out, which is de definitely going to, like, shake things up. Do you think you'll pick up Greyjoys? Um, I'm holding out for Martell. Oh, okay. Good call. We'll see. Hopefully we had something. I can't believe it. I mean, this year has been both, like, the longest year, and I can't believe how far we are into it. But maybe we'll have something uh, at uh, Simon Expo in the spring. Not that long after Greyjoys. You mean it's not May anymore? <laughs> it's not May anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, the the reason why, um, and this is what as what is interesting about the whole Simon uh, design faction principle. Um, there's always two factions that are completely opposite of each other in terms of both design. Oh, in terms of design, like it's most apparent with Baratheon and Targaryen. One is meant to be a slow-moving tank uh, with retribution, and one is like highly mobile, highly glass cannon with like movement tricks. So you have Greyjoy. And there should be like the second faction that represents this the opposite design principle of Greyjoy. So that's why I think Martell is coming out. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I wonder what it'll be like. Any any predictions? You want to go out there and make any uh, predictions uh, on what they might be like? So the the hot uh, the hot take is that um, from the limited things that we see from Greyjoy is that they get benefit from depleting the ranks of the opponent. Mm -hmm. uh, what I think Martell will have is uh basically things that uh that gives them benefits on the early stages of the game or when they have a full rank okay so like oh that makes sense actually yeah so you want to keep everything like topped off at full health i wonder if the martels in the books are you know oftentimes being focused on in like sort of more of the political machinations of things i wonder if that would maybe play into it things that like you rewarded more for playing the tactics board keeping your units healed up or something uh, traditionally, Martel in the books has always been sort of like the guerrilla faction. Mm -hmm. um, they are the only faction, after all, not to bow down to Targaryen. They have to marry them off to to basically get. So that that should be represented in a way that basically the Martels are relatively squishy, but you know they 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 fight hard when when they're at like extremely like full rank, and then they start depleting when you know. So we'll we'll see. I think that could be an interesting design principle, but um, but who knows. Yeah. We'll have to see spoilers or Greyjoy first before you know we can say anything. Keep our fingers crossed. So what have you been playing these days? What uh, uh, you're playing Lannister? I see you playing some free folk on the channel. Um, any particular lists that you're having fun with? So I've got two lists here that um that is featured on the channel uh, recently. Um, let's talk about the first one. Unfortunately, so this one is basically a Tyrion list that I piloted for the the the, the TSL League. Uh, it's up on the, it's up on the channel. Um, unfortunately, this is one of my 
first few videos so the quality is not amazing <laughs> but you know people people do improve um so the Styrian list is um eventually we came we came first at the tsl using this list well using this list and the sparrow list i managed to score eight one so eight wins and one loss um and i think this is um uh, probably the best Tyrion list that I can uh, come up with, with the, the, the tools that we have. All right, let's walk us through it here. What do we got? Tyrion, first of all, Tyrion's is a unit of Lannister Guardsmen. Mm -hmm. uh, people have been putting Tyrion's in Poor Fellows, and I can understand the the decision why. But I think uh, for a Commander Bunker, having a 3-plus armor is still, is still the best. And I don't expect Tyrion to basically see combat at all in this game. So, you know. Just by having that turns of the three plus armor save, you put a tree next to it, it becomes a morale six, so it becomes like slightly above average, and you have supremacy on top of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Tyrion in a unit of Lannister Guardsmen. And then um, the next two choices, um, Knights of Castle Rock is just no brainer. I think um, I think you need to have at least one unit of knights in any Lannister list, in my opinion. Um, they just provide you with everything, including ways to sort of abuse Tyrion's card. You can sort of move ahead to where the opponent think that they're safe and then the opponent moves closer to that knights of castrillo because they know that they can't charge and then you use um cutting boy to charge into it so that's yeah. also that's and, and knights in, in simple for like eight points i think it's just one of the best units that we have in lannister and then the next option is a uh, lannister crossbowman with preston greenfield attachment so i've i at first when i started making the Tyrion list um, I thought that crossbow wasn't going to be used as much. However, um, I had a discussion with um, a friend of mine, Blood Raven, from Discord, and we sort of came into an agreement that having a range pressure in a Tyrion is really, really good because you can sort of dictate where the opponent wants to be. And Lannister Crossbowman with Preston Greenfield is just one of the best ways to do that. You've got an accurate unit with an uh, attachment that gives you cards, and Tyrion wants cards. He desperately, desperately wants cards to make his his ability even more like ridiculous. And then, um, because the the tournament allows Mountain Dead Rise, of course we have Mountain Dead Rides. But I can talk about Mountain Dead Rides all day, and you know how how he can be nerfed, how he should be blah blah blah. But at this moment, I think he's fine. Um, we're seeing a lot of different solos from uh, from the design principle, and I think Mountain is. A bit, a bit up there in terms of power, power and playability, but you know that's another can of worms right there. Man, he's been an old, an old classic there. Yep, I mean, he's and, killed many a, many a free folk in, in my army. Oh yeah, um, that was a, that was a moment in the, in the, uh, I think in the Malta League where uh, I charged using uh, Gregor into a unit of Sworn Shield. I got like three crits, <sighs> and then opponent failed the morale test. So in total, it dealt 11 wounds on a charge. Oh my God, that's brutal. It is brutal. Like <laughs> it, it, was, it was up on stream. Oh, I no. It's on Bazoo's stream. Um, he was doing like the, the Malta gold on dice coverage. And I think everybody just went, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. And then um, to continue talking about the list, the last five points, um, we have Poor Fellows, just a basic unit of Poor Fellows. Um, Mostly there because I need a body to basically uh, cunning ploy from. And Poor Fellow has an, a, a fortunate synergy with cunning ploy is that they can still use their reinforcement ability even if you use the cunning ploy. Because reinforcement says when you activate at the start of the activation, and then each time this unit activates. So it happens first, and then you cunning ploy. So they heal, and then another unit gets to activate. 
Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. And so, yeah, you're not putting Tyrion in there, though, because you're going to be... Because, you know, yeah, interesting. Okay. So you still have Porfellos in the list, even though... Not, 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 bringing, not bringing Tyrion. And and Porfellos has a good sort of uh, matchup also against things like giants. Things yes. Like, yeah. Uh, things like wolves, even. Um, and some of the... And even, you know, randomly can kill Mountain if, if they're lucky. Yeah. Which is also an unfortunate uh, side effect of this unit. You've got your kind of combined arms force here. You got some like anvils. You got your knights. You got ranged units. You got a solo. Yep, it's it's a pretty well rounded list, and uh, I think just to close off the list discussion um, for the NCU lineup, we've got the triple control of Varys. I think Varys is mandatory at this stage in the game. I think there's just a lot of um, effects that are quite busted, um, to say the least. You know, preventing Starks from using sudden charges you know um quite easily preventing harma's uh, sudden sudden charge quote unquote cards is necessary for varus and then you have tywin um personally one of my favorite four ncu in four point ncu in the game of just um you can tell a person is good in lannister or not in the timing of when they use tywin mm. um, i've seen Tywin just simply wins the game on the spot because the usage was perfect. And I've seen a very average Tywin, which accomplishes not a lot. Um, but Tywin is one of those, I guess, uh, checks that uh, that you need when if you want to play Lannister like competitively. When to use Tywin, when not to use Tywin, when to push the button, basically. Are there any certain what? board states you look for to use that? Um, so... Uh, I'll, I'll give you an experience in my uh, in my league game, um, offline league game. So there was a so I was playing a high spiral list against Threefold, um, and he aggressively moved one of his raiders up front to engage one of my poor fellows. Uh, I looked at it at first and go like, all right, why is he throwing um, you know swift advance to you know sort of charge into my my poor fellows right there? And then it dawned, and then I looked at my hand and I go, huh, I have protection of the father, I have, you know, um, I have mercy of the mother, you know, this is not going to go true. And then I looked at the unit next to the raiders, and it was a man's commander in a unit of raiders. And I, mm. and I went, wait a minute, he has counterplot. Yeah. So if he activates man's, he charges at my poor fellows, and then he plays group assault, that poor fellow will melt. So then I immediately go, okay, I push button, uh, I'll find him. <laughs> so, and then, and then he said, Oh wow, that's actually. And then he went. And then indeed, he has he has group assault. And then I went protection of the father. And he's like, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I hadn't Tywin uh, man's right there. Um, I couldn't protection of the father. And then you know the poor fellow will melt to the to the to the group assault. So that was that was one usage of using Tywin. Uh, know when the opponent wants to alpha strike you, or when one won't know when the opponent will commit to you. And then you basically Tywin that to basically says no. Um, and then the second usage of Tywin, which is, I guess, the easier usage, is when you want to absolutely kill a unit. Wipe it out the board, yeah. You see a unit of, I don't know, Unsullied across from you. You have a Knights ready to charge. And you go, I press Tywin, I charge. And then suddenly they lose all their abilities. You, you give them tokens. Um, they lose their position if they want to, they want to punch back. They lose their commander because usually it's going to be a commander unit, unit of Unsullied. And yes, that's the most easy usage of Tywin. So yeah, two, 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 two scenarios for, for using Tywin right there. 
and useful even with cunning ploy because they lose it for the round. Uh, a, fun, a, fun, a fun little interaction is also you time in a unit and you delay order that unit to activate. Disgusting, but yes. Um, <laughs> and then I'm assuming your last three points is for Pycelle. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't think Lannister should get. I know people have been saying that. Oh, we need a third. Uh, we need a second three pointer NCU, and I'm like, mm, maybe not. But yes, Tywin is uh, sorry. Pycelle is um, is a three pointer, and uh, just right now, even if he if he says uh, he does nothing, I'll, I'll still use him. He's a mm -hmm. three pointer. That's all that matters. Oh, this is a great list here. Got a fan? Do you do like fancy names for your list? What would you call this one? Oh God, I'm I'm terrible at, at getting names. <laughs> All right, yeah, fair enough. All right, fair enough. You get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, just just because like the list is it's one of those lists that I never brings out. Uh, I never brought out in like casual games. I I swear not to use Tyrion in any of my casual games, um, <laughs> unless unless if a player basically says like, look. I need to practice for a tournament. Uh, I need to give me like your your best list, and I whip out this list. But if not, then this is, list is basically staying in the realms of just tournaments. But I think it's it's not necessarily that it's unfun, but I have to think a lot when I'm losing this list, and I don't like to think a lot when I'm playing this game. So the less the less the less time I have to think um, is good, because um, it is a casual game. Like you you wanna you wanna play you wanna have fun with your opponent. Uh, I don't think. I want to do some brain exercises with my opponent. <laughs> <laughs> or melt, melt their poor free folk or uh, mess with their mans. The poor man's Tyrion. Mm. <laughs> the poor man's Tyrion. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. So talk about uh, a casual list that um, the second list that I want to wanna, wanna talk about is also in up in the up in the video. I was I was up against my friend uh, who's playing a Baratheon and he brought a nine list nine activation list Baratheon using Mel. Now I'm like, all right, let's try it. <laughs> um, this list, I actually gave a name to the list because I think it's a it's a fun little list. I call it the Man's Chonkers list. <laughs> uh, so the I was trying out the two um, Walrus Clan chieftain. Oh, okay. Yep. So because uh, uh, Free Folk uh, got the new attachment uh, Walrus Clan, and you know some people have been lamenting that they're like, oh, they're overcosted at two points, etc. But I feel like you know I should try it because why not? Because there are other attachment in Free Folk's other skin change. So the list is uh, a very um, not typical man's list. Uh, we've got two units of raiders. Um, both of them has Walrus Clan Chieftain on top of it. One of them has Skin Changers. Um, particularly, I think we put some bear in for just uh, extra, extra, uh, extra punching power and a bit of extra survivability because bear. Um, two units of trappers. Sorry, three units of trappers. One of them has Mans on it, and then uh, one unit of Savage Shine. So the idea behind this list is that you create a wall of raiders with man's uh with man's trapper behind it so then you have a bubble of five plus morale raiders and trappers mm. with the two warriors clan chieftain so that they give them giant profile <laughs> so oh effectively so effectively you've got um 24 wounds on one raider and you have two of them so you have 48 wounds on both of those raiders with a giant on the side you know smashing through the countryside and then you have Mans on the back, 
you know, giving protection um, with his counter strategy, uh, cutting strategy. Oh, then yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, of course, uh, making the morale five. So they're immune to sort of any, uh, any morale shenanigans. And then you just slap a tree next to it and suddenly it becomes morale four. Oh my gosh, that looks like a fun one. I'm going to have to try that out. So, um, and then uh, for the NCU, it's, um, I use Steer because Steer is, it's kind of mandatory for free folks to bring Steer just because it provides a lot of, uh, a lot of punching power. Um, and then I put Egret. I'm not sure whether I want to put Egret or not, but I already have Lady Val as my next NCU and I don't want two zone replacement effects. Um, so Egret is there to just either protect the giant um, because Walder exists. Um, and then of course Lady Val to give extra mobility to the giants. So Man. yeah, the, the list is quite, I, I know Mickey's probably complaining that, you know, oh, now you've, you're getting to see that um, Walrus clan does nothing because they just sit there and take the damage. But I think with some giants on the side, with some bears, uh, one, with one bear running around, it might have enough punching power to sort of uh, go through some of the enemy units and then, you know, pepper them with morale, with, with some hits from the trappers and, you know, to trap, three trappers will basically provide the majority of the damage and then you got Mansus to protect it. So if you're playing scenarios such as uh, Game of Thrones, Dance with Dragons, you sort of move in like a column of raiders, which is which is quite interesting. And then you just stood there and uh, and hopefully brush out the weather out the damage. Yeah, geez. And with only one savage giant, you have mostly insignificant troops, so they're not giving up a lot of points even when they finally do kill your raiders. Yep. Uh, that's it. That's the that's the strategy. Man, that's 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 an interesting one. Yeah, I might try that one out. But I do have to give you a bit of an extra caveat. I am considering dropping the uh, the third unit of trappers, and then uh, dropping also one of the walrus plants, so you only have one, and then you bring in mammoths. Oh, yeah. This list was made uh, pre-mammoth, and then I you, believe you've got a pretty hardy force. Then actually. Yeah, uh, mammoth giants and those uh, the walrus clan unit. That's that's pretty tough to chew through. And also, like mammoth and uh, mans has a has an interesting uh, interaction. So, for example, you you trample with your mammoths uh, to the back of the opponent, and then your opponent will, next reaction would be, oh, you know, I'll, I'll turn around. So oh no, I see where this is going. <laughs> yeah, and then you. You you use uh, Mance's card that says, "All right, if you're activating that, I'm gonna trample again with the mammoth." And they went, "Hmm." <laughs> yeah, so those those predictable maneuvers are uh, are terrifying. Oh my gosh, yeah, mammoths are gonna be a lot of fun for you, not for your opponent. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> are there any? Uh, any, any upcoming units that you're particularly looking forward to or, or things that you feel like maybe any holes that still exist for certain factions that you play that you'd love to see like a unit kind of fill? Um, so one of the units that recently, okay, not necessarily spoiled, but it was talked about by uh, one of the French group is Red Cloaks. Mm, yeah. Uh, um, there has been, you know, speculations about what the Red Cloaks can do. But at this moment, it's just in the realms of speculation. However, uh, one of the things that you need to probably look at is uh, the attachment boxes. 
Um, if you look at the attachment boxes, you, you'll see some new attachment that you go like, well, this doesn't have a unit that goes with it yet. And those probably will give you a bit of extra spoilers on, you know, some of the units that they are designing to complement that unit. Because that's how uh, the game is designed. You, for example, in Lannister, you've got the halberdiers and you've got the assault veterans. So the idea is that you do want to get charged in. And then when you get charged in, the assault veteran ability triggers. So you get, you know, extra benefits from, from the assault veteran. Yeah. So for this, uh, this newly uh, spoiled, well, announced quote unquote unit is Recloaks that uh, which has the attachment of the enforcer. So we're probably seeing some unit that either punishes the opponent for attacking or a unit that basically uh, gives you debuff for when you're near it, maybe. And, you know, we can we can talk about speculations all day, but uh, but I think what is necessary from Alanisir sort of standpoint is actually a good commander bunker. And well, and good as in resilient, because I mean, with the Lannister Guardsmen, we already have something like that, you know. Or are you saying good as in just kind of uh, not only resilient, but can also you know get in the thick of things and really be an offensive unit? Uh, so more of the more of that part, because right now I think we've uh, Lannister have some interesting field commanders that's simply not being used because either. They're just not very good, or simply there's not a lot of units that can support their ability. There's two that you know in uh, particular come into mind is Jamie and Tywin. Mm -hmm. um, Jamie in a unit of guardsmen just screams, "I will die to morale every right. single time," and people will never engage that unit because why would you? Why would you charge into a guardsman that has both counterattack and supremacy? Right. That's just that's just silly. <laughs> So, um, and then for Tywin, um, because he also has supremacy, um, so you go, all right, I will engage you later once I've dealt with the rest of your army. So there has to be some sort of unit that exerts a bit of pressure so that the opponent will have to, you know, unfortunately engage with it. And then that's when Jamie's tricks, Tywin's tricks, uh, Tywin's supremacy, Jamie's counterattack, and defensive tech comes into play um, because opponent has to unfortunately engage with the unit. So that's something that I would like to see. Um, a unit that can stand in the thick of things. Might not be like extremely combat proficient, and that's fine. But to give either like a debuff to what they're engaging or to basically give some 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 opponents deterrence to, to punching it. So that's uh, that's something that I would like to see. And hopefully we have more news of that soon on the horizon. That that'd be great to to hear about. I wonder what the sculpts look like so far. I mean, the sculpts have just gotten better and better for this game. And I feel like some of the Lannister units are and not all of them, but like, you know, some of those like original core box sculpts, they're great, but I, I'm excited to see what maybe some more modern, um, you know, heavily armored troops might look like. I mean, you look at Rose Knights and I think they're one of the best sculpts in the game. Are they not amazing? <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> They they are they are amazing and that's that that shows that highlights like some of the Simon's capability in doing sculpts, and they just yeah. kept getting better and better. Like honestly, uh, the first few models was a bit vanilla, but you know some of the newer models have been really really eye catching. That's been like, fantastic. I, yeah, I recently painted like Follower of Bones, and even the details in these guys are just like right for a single mold plastic mini like. It's fantastic. It is. 
and that contributes to like basically the growing uh, popularity of this game because you know you just play it off the box that's it you 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 bought us you bought a starter you know some some games will say like oh you just need a starter to play but not really right <laughs> you, need to, you need to open the starter you need to assemble them you need a bit of um or you know, extra yeah. but you know uh sif is one of those games where you can just like literally you open the starter you play a game and not like some of those fantasy fight games where you're it's like the base mode is you buy two of the starter and go Although oh, I guess no. you could do that with free folk, but oh no, oh no! I mean, I've got some bad experience with 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 FFG. I I, <laughs> I played I played Netrunner. I played Legend of Five Rings. They, uh, you know, some of my friends go like, "Oh, you just need a starter to play," and I'm like, "All right, cool." I bought a starter, and then I started looking at the decks online, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, this needs <laughs> two starters. This needs three starters." Yeah. But I think that's that's the appeal, right? A Song of Ice and Fire can be played so easily, and you know it's accessible to such a wide range of players. Uh, I think it's interesting to see. Like, I always just love asking people, like, what is your background coming in? Because you know, card players, board gamers, people who have never played a, a war game at all, but maybe love the books or the show. Everyone kind of gravitates towards like a different element, and the game really has those for everybody. Whether it's like flavor, or whether it's like the tactics cards and counterplotting. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, there's there's something there. Look, look, Jace. Every faction now is counterplot, so it's that's not true. That's true. <laughs> and it's their thing now. That's true. I think it's just that it's been the years of the 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 emotional turmoil of of facing that though. Oh, fun, fun, fun story here. Um, I, I got a I got a friend who's um, who who initially got turned off for playing uh, Song of Ice and Fire because of counterplot and supremacy. So it was it was it was early in the game, and I only had my my Lannister starters, right? And he was like, "Oh, you know, you got a new game. You know, you you want to give me like a demo of the game?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Then I played against him, and then he kept dying to like supremacy, and he's like, <laughs> "This game." <laughs> oh, was that back with the old morale with the before yep. it was like a D three? Yeah. So he he was he was using Stark, I believe, like the Stark starter as well, and you know his horn sword attacked into my Lannister with Captain. And then, you know, I, I took only, like, you know, three wounds from, like, you know, uh, the damage. And then I went Supremacy, and it took, like, five. And he's like, what is this game? <laughs> oh. Yeah, we've come a long way. And, and we onwards have, and upwards. We have come a long way with this game. Uh, I think uh, right now he plays Baratheon. Um, so he's, uh, he's in the camp of, uh, of, of that, which is the don't, don't punch me or I'll do uh, stuff to you. Right. Which is technically a Lannister thing, but, you know, in a different way. But it's okay. It's all good. And so what do we got coming up for in the future on your channel? So, um, obviously, we've, we've, we're, so we have some few games here recorded from our uh, la latest uh, offline tournament. Um, I, was, I was initially the, the, just the TO of, of this game, but then the eight player um, had the flu, so he couldn't, he couldn't join. So basically, then we talked about it, and you know, initially I was not allowed to play because uh, the, the the idea of the tournament was to give different players ability uh, the, uh, the the chance to win, because otherwise, like you know, I bring in my Lannisters list, and you know, I, I don't think they can win against that. Like this, this <laughs> so initially, I was I was banned from entering the the, the tournament, but then um, one of the other guys said that, oh, why don't you just bring a neutrals list? So I'm like, all right, I, I shall take on the challenge. 
Oh man. All right. So that'll be the next video will be neutrals that comes up. Is yep, that so recorded? I've got, yeah, I've got two recorded neutral games um for the channel. And I think some people are looking for some neutral gameplay. So that would be something to look forward to. Absolutely. Uh any spoiler on who's the uh, commander? Um, well, that, uh, neutral only has two commanders at the moment. Uh, I don't count Vargo as a commander. I'm sorry. Oh, burn! Wow. Okay. Um, so, so I, yeah, it, it was uh, it's it's Roos and Ramsey. It's Roos. Yeah, makes sense. So I got one game with Roos that I'm currently in the middle of editing. Uh, should be out uh, relatively soonish, if not uh, Monday uh, or tonight. Um, and then the game at Ramsey should be up within the next week. All right. Well, if you guys uh, have not, for some reason, checked out War Games Indonesia, make sure to head on over there, like and subscribe, and and, and check out that channel. Uh, I love the stuff you're putting out there. Especially have enjoyed your your free folk ones, but there's all sorts of good games on there as well. Um, and uh, it looks like you guys are having fun too. Yeah. Do let me know like what kind of what kind of things uh, you guys want to look in the channel. Because I've just been basically recording my weekend games, um, have not have not really sort of uh, gotten any feedback of what what faction should I use, etc. I mean, I technically have all faction except Night's Watch, so do let me know what kind of uh, what kind of games uh, everyone's interested at. I think your last one, I think the last one I saw here was the the Mance versus uh, Rathians with the Roos. It was fun to see uh, some free folk get out there on the table. Oh yeah, that's the that's the man's chunk list in in action. Oh, and you you squeaked it through there. You you, you came back with vengeance. <laughs> that that was a that was a that was a fun game. It was it was, uh, I without without spoiling anything. Uh, I think my oh, morale. Did I just ruin that video? <laughs> I'm gonna be like, spoiler. That one. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, we don't know what happened in that video. I'll bleep that out or something. <laughs> Go watch it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a, that was a fun match. Um, I. My, my morale was really, really good that game. And I think my opponent was slightly frustrated at how good I was rolling. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was, it was, it was my pleasure. Um, it was, it was, it's great basically connecting with other uh, content creators, um, especially during these times. Yeah. Uh, and... You're, you're a, bit, a bit of a hallway for me, but if I'm ever in Indonesia, I will try to look you up. Uh, well, I think, uh, I think if you do want to come in, um, I think when we have a tournament in Singapore, um, which is probably better as an, as in like, it's probably more accessible to you guys. Um, or, you know, there's a tournament down in like, uh, Canberra, the CanCon is, uh, is up. So maybe, um, I think those two would be probably better than Indonesia as in, in terms of the accessibility. Mm-hmm. Would be would be happy to you know one day get a game in with you in in real in real life. Amazing, That'll yeah. Be exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to that. That'd be great. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and everyone, thanks so much for listening. And we got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. But make sure again, once again, go check out War Games Indonesia. And in the meantime, we hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>